fragile substance of my soul And I have filled this void with things unreal And all the while my character it steals You're listening to The Holy Catholic Group a podcast looking at faith, life, and culture from the perspective of two young Catholics. My name is Lyndon Chen, and I'm an engineering master's student at the University of Toronto. And I am Jeremy Zhao, your co-host, currently a seminarian studying for the Archdiocese of Toronto. In this podcast, we look at different topics each week through contemplative reflections and casual conversations. Trying to brew the things we wish we'd known earlier in life into the strongest drink allowed for public consumption. Okay, so the Holy Catholic Brew, the idea of it, it started back in fall 2018 when Paul Tam, who works at the Fountain of Love and Life and was a former leader of the University of Toronto Chinese Catholic Community, which I'm a part of, he asked me to start one of the first English language podcasts for FLL in order to reach the English-speaking young Catholic population. And Jeremy and I, we took quite a bit of time to figure out a name for our new podcast. We eventually settled on the Holy Catholic Brew because there's three elements that we want to emphasize. So first, holy, because we want to emphasize the universal call to holiness, how every single human being is called to be a saint above anything else. Catholic, because we want to emphasize our faithfulness to the Catholic Church. And brew, because we derive our life and energy from a lot of great drinks, be it tea, coffee, or beer. And the best drinks, just like good ideas, are always brewed into more pure substances from less pure substances. That's really just supposed to draw an analogy. Like, I think the reason why Linda and I picked that brew idea was because, have you guys ever noticed or like felt, like this, like, at least this was Linda's in my experience, that when we were younger, there's a lot of Catholic ideas out there, like let's say a lot of Catholic concepts or practices, like let's say how to pray, understanding the Trinity, or maybe like understanding what the heck are sacraments, or understanding like, you know, your sexuality and everything. And you know, they're great. It sounds, it sounds like interesting stuff, but it's just that sounds like complex stuff. And it was really hard to find information on all these things. And like maybe once in a while, we did hear explanations on them, but I always felt that they were poorly explained or inadequately explained. And so um, the whole point of this podcast is we just want to take all these very bigger ideas that nobody knows where the heck to get information from and actually like uh, bring them out into this podcast so that you can listen to it and actually hopefully gain something from it. Yeah. And first, let us introduce ourselves. Uh, so I'm Lyndon. Jeremy is our co-host. Uh, we're both retired and semi-retired leaders of UTCCC that I mentioned before. Uh, we're both master's students. So currently I'm studying electrical engineering. I'm in my second year. And I'm studying for a Catholic priesthood through the Archdiocese in Toronto. Yeah, you could say that we're a Chinese parent's best dream and a worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess we can mention also like how we met. So... I think we probably saw each other before at St. Agnes Queen's Howe Parish in Markham. I think. But I would say that we formally met at UTCCC at the Newman Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was, at that time, I joined uh, UTCCC in my second year of undergrad. I'd never joined any Catholic youth group before, so I was like a fresh new leader. And um, at least for myself, I joined the youth group just because when I was in uni, my, my, you should go to Yosak, but Yosak's a little tad far from downtown, especially if you can't drive. So I needed some type of group to join. Yeah. Okay, so I have a question for you, Jeremy. Okay, sure. What was your first impression of me? 
Oh, geez. Okay. Uh, well, I found you very bookish. I found you a little bit nerdy. I'm like, not, not, not in the best way possible. And that, like, you were spewing out lots of information that was very good information. And, like, uh, the stuff that you always, like, I always felt I was learning a lot from you. And so at first I was a tad intimidated, but then, you know, the more I got to talk to you, I was just like, oh, oh, it's like, oh, it's cool. It's cool. It's totally cool. Because like, you know, besides all the bookishness and everything, there's a layer underneath Linden, uh, underneath you, Linden, where you actually like have a very, you have a life as well. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I, I think my first impression was because uh, Jeremy had been serving as an altar server at St. Agnes Parish for a long time. So my impression was like a really holy guy. He spent all his like working, like waking hours, volunteering at church, like being part of like the youth group at the parish, and like to be honest, like when I first met Jeremy, I was like, "Whoa, this guy's like the person who should be leading UTCC, not me." Like I've only been here for like a year or so, uh, <laughs> so I I think my first impression was like this is some, this is a guy I need to learn from, and like if I'm doing things wrong, like he's the person I should be asking. Wow, that was such a very generous. I feel terrible for saying what I said. <laughs> but but I think it's the same thing. Like for me, like once I got to know you better, I was like, hmm, this guy is like a real guy. He's not just uh like he's not just like a saint like a saint statue in the church. Like he's a like a real living human being. Oh, thanks. That's good. To know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So next question. Uh, what's your current impression of me? Oh wow, um, it's definitely improved from that a lot. Like uh, I, I would definitely say, Linden, um, you're you're one of the, I guess, my spiritual confidants, and that I know I like always turn to you for clarification on like things in the faith that might seem a little bit murky. Like, even now, as like a seminarian, I always find that you're just a good resource to go to. Um, and you always and you've always inspired me to want to dig deeper and dive deeper into the intellectual aspect of the faith. At least for myself, sometimes I don't exactly feel motivated to pick up books on like uh, Catholicism or whatever else, just because like, you know, you're a uni student and, you know, and there's like life out there you want to like mess around in. But then like uh, it, but, but then I, I do realize that uh, one part that's lacking in my life at, at quite, a, quite a few moments is that grounding and that foundation. And, Lind and I guess like Lyndon, um, what you've always been for me is that you've always been an inspiration for me to like go back and recenter myself and like reground myself whenever I start noticing myself veering off course. And I can ask you the same question. What do you see of me now? I see. So one of the things I really admire about you is your intentionality in the faith. How... Okay. Yeah, it's like how it's not just like your faith isn't just something that's imposed on you, but something that you actively pursue and how I guess you, you see the blessings that God has put in your life and you try and maximize the mo like you try and pursue them and maximize the gains that you can get out of them. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And and yeah, like definitely there's like a lot of things that I feel that I can't really talk meaningfully about uh, like with other people especially things about the faith um like more difficult personal matters and it's kind of that um that interesting synthesis of like having a good knowledge basis in the faith and also living out the faith personally that it makes you a really uh i think it would make you a really good candidate for the priesthood which is nice but also you make a really good friend oh thank you i appreciate that so, Jeremy, do you want to explain like how you got involved in the faith? Oh, okay. 
Oh, that's an interesting question, Lyndon. Um, so I was always raised a curatal Catholic. Like the, when I was born, apparently according to my parents, they started taking me to mass when I was like weeks old, maybe four weeks old or so. My, my parents did have all my siblings. And like, um, I, loved, I loved going to church when I was a kid because I did well at Sunday school. So I was always the kid that got all the stickers, I got all the praise and everything else. It was really shallow reasons, but um, it really started in grade six. So like as a kid, I was always really introspective and reflective. And like, I was, I, I don't know, it's just, it's just like, I like reflecting on like the different like tendencies and movements like within myself um, as I was going, you know, as I was growing up. And, um, and one thing I began noticing in grade six is that um, I began noticing there was a joy and peace that I felt at mass that is very distinctly different from the happiness I felt playing video games like NHL 06 or going on vacation to Hong Kong or, you know, just like, you know, the fun stuff that little you expect a kid to do, like play soccer, screw around with his friends, make fun of his sis, you know, sisters, and stuff like that. And like, um, uh, and, and, I, and I found, and one day I found a book that actually summarized it very, very well. They, they, they said like, um, there's two types of joy. Like there's this, uh, there's a joy that's like a, the froth of a beer. And, you know, it's just there for an instant and it disappears. But there's a joy that's like a spring that's all that's quiet and bubbling there, but it's always present. And I found that that was the joy that I found in church. And it's like, um, and because of that, um, I, I remember this very distinctive moment in grade six. Like I was doing my math homework one day and then I just suddenly stopped. And I was just like, what was the point of all of this? I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to describe the moment. It was just like, um, uh, it was just like all the big questions love just suddenly rushed in. And then I was just like, you know, what's the meaning of my life? What the heck am I doing? Like, you know, what, what does this eventually do? Because at that point, I'd be uh, uh, like the whole concept of like, you know, the frothy joy and like the deep peaceful joy. Um, they were starting to like, you know, take a little, uh, take a little bit of a deeper route. And so I decided to join altar serving because um, I wanted to pursue that joy and that peace that I knew I couldn't get from the world. And then um, after that, that led over to Yosak. I joined my first youth retreat. And I saw what I meant to be young and Catholic and like, you know, living that meaningfully. And then, um, and then everything just went from there. I had my first honest confession where I actually confessed the stuff that I actually did instead of like skipping it. Um, in 2011, I had my first personal encounter with Christ at a healing adoration in 2011 as well, the summer. And then um, my faith just kept growing from there. It was, yeah, you would say that's how it went. And Linda, same question to you. How about yourself? What was your faith background? Yeah, so mine is very different. I mean, you you said you're like raised as cradle Catholic. Like, I think your parents are like super Catholic before. Like, they were also involved in yeah, they were involved in church a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like for my family, I think it's you could describe like if Jeremy's a cradle Catholic, I think I'm like half in the cradle Catholic because like I think half of my family is Catholic, half of it kind of isn't. Um, But it's more complicated than that because. like the half of my family that is Catholic, they were educated in Catholic schools in Hong Kong. Um, and it was kind of like later when they immigrated to Canada that they started converting to Catholicism. So when I was growing up, we, I guess, like I always knew I was a Catholic, at least in name. Um, and I was baptized like right at the boundary line between um, when you'd have to get baptized as an adult as a, or as a child. So I was baptized when I was five. Um, and for me, being Catholic was kind of more of an identity. It wasn't really, um, like a lived reality. So I didn't really talk about faith in my family. Um, at most, I think it would be like, it would influence the way I read history, especially when I read about like, you know, how Catholics would fight with the Protestants and so on. Um, but other than that, it wasn't really a big part of my life. 
Um, and I didn't go to mass until I was about, I think, 12 when I started to go to first communion classes at St. Agnes Parish. And at that time, my mom wanted me to get more involved with the faith because um, my mom's side of the family started um, attending RCIA. Um, they started to get um, baptized into the Catholic Church. Um, at the time, when I was at the first communion class, I was one of the oldest uh, students there. Um, actually, I went with my cousins, and my older cousin was even older. Um, he was actually around the age of some of the volunteers at the at the class. Um, and because I'd grown up as like sort of as uh, agnostic or atheist, um, I really loved reading books. I was pretty introverted at the time, um, but I really loved learning things. Uh, I hated having unknown things in my life, so I always had a lot of pleasure in making unknown things known to myself. Um, but unfortunately, the intellectual atmosphere of a lot of these books that I read was very materialistic. Um, and they kind of, they emphasize more of, you know, the things that you can see, that you can touch, um, things that you could prove scientifically as opposed to spiritual things. Um, so for the longest time, uh, even as a kid, I was really skeptical. Like I remember there was this moment um, when I kept coming up with a lot of existential questions, like, why am I even here? Is it just to, uh, you know, like to go to school, get good grades, Go to, go to good university, uh, enter a good program, graduate, find a good job, find a good family, uh, retire well, and then die. And then, you know, what, what next, right? Like, if you're an atheist, you just disappear into this void. And what was the whole point, right? Like, why are people always thinking of these uh, questions of meaning? Like, there must be something more. And then I remember... At that time, I was like, I think I was about 11 or 12. Uh, I remember my, my response was, oh, you know, you just give birth to new generations to wonder the same things. Like this thing is an endless, meaningless cycle. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, like because I was a huge like history buff, um, you know, there's a very anti-religious element in a lot of our literature. Um, I came to distrust the Catholic Church a lot. Mm -hmm. And... Like, I thought that, oh, you know, if I, like, talk to a priest, the priest will just try and convert me, uh, try to make me become a priest myself. <laughs> uh, so my journey, I think my journey into the Catholic Church, even though I, gone to, I was going to Mass every week with my mom, um, it was a very gradual one. And because my mind was so attuned to, like, the scientific, logical side of things, it was really hard for me to see any logical arguments to prove the faith. And like, um, you know, like, I don't know if this, if you've seen this, but a lot of the things that people, like a lot of the media that people distribute to try and promote the faith, it really emphasizes the peace of heart, um, the sense of belonging that um, joining the Catholic church um, gives. But to me, it felt like it was kind of, you're trying to like whitewash the reality, like kind of putting the emotional side, the interpersonal side above the rational side. Mm -hmm. um, so I think God really saw that. And he, the way he introduced me into the faith was first to intellectual means. So as I went to mass more and more, I heard more homilies. I started to realize that a lot of these existential problems that I had with the faith um, were actually solved by the Catholic teachings that 
I hadn't like trusted up till that point. Mm -hmm. And it was only later on that, um, you know, like that the emotional side, the interpersonal side was brought in and like, just looking back at him, I'm in like constant awe because, you know, this thing that I thought I would never be a good fit for it, you know, it was actually God leading me through. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Lyndon, how would you end up driving like your young Catholic experience then? Was, was that like a, was, was this, was that type, the type of experience you had before you started entering university or was this more happening throughout or like, um, was this more like something that was in high school? Yeah. So I think for me, it's, it was kind of like a continuous thing because, uh, I think that especially because I hadn't joined like a youth group like you, Jeremy, um, for me, learning about the faith was a very personal thing. It was something that I couldn't really share with other people. It was kind of like a thing that you learn on your own, like let's say reading the Bible um, and not really like living it out. So um, like throughout high school, as I was starting to learn more and more about the Catholic faith, it was more of something that I learned and I didn't really have anyone to share it with. Like I had some Catholic friends in high school um, and sometimes we discuss like certain issues but apart from that, it was mainly just my own thing. And it was hard for me to see how, um, let's say, like a youth group like Yosak, right? Like the Youth of St. Agnes Church um, could be a thing that I would belong to. Um, and like for me, uh, I mean, at, at least in my family, all the people who are devout Catholics, they're all older people, like especially you know like of my grandparents age yes, or yes. my parents age so I, I kind of felt that it was you know like oh maybe faith is just something for like old grannies um, uh -huh. especially like in saint agnes parish right like a lot of the more devout people coming to church are not my age or your age yeah so that that was like how it was for me throughout high school um but it was only really when i joined utccc that I began to see, you know, like faith, like the, the phrase, you know, like to live out your faith isn't just some like empty platitude. is isn't just like something that, you know, you say and doesn't actually have meaning. Like it actually means, you know, you have to live it out in your life. It's not just something in your head, right? It's something that um, influences every single decision in your life. And it was only after I joined UTCCC that, you know, I was able to share a lot of the things that was happening in my life with people who had a similar faith background and that really changed the way I looked at life. How, how was your experience different? I mean, like our faith backgrounds are pretty different. So it would be interesting to yeah. see your point of view. Oh, so like, uh, you're like, are you asking about like what, what my experience like as a youth or like as a young adult and as a Catholic was like, or like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like how, as a young Catholic, uh how how do you think your experience was like different from how let's say our parents or our grandparents experienced the faith uh i'm not so sure how to uh answer that um i i i guess like maybe answering more the original question like you know how was like you know what was your young catholic experience um because um, I associated uh, church with feelings of peace and everything, I came to see God as like the giver of good feelings uh, for very much almost throughout high school, right? And um, uh, because God is like the giver of good 
feelings. I felt that at least on my end, my what my relationship with God looks like is that I have to keep doing a lot of things to make sure that God keeps giving me these like good feelings or like, you know, I associate good feelings as like, you know, um, having a very great relationship with God. So um, if I read something from the saints, like uh, the divine, uh, doing divine mercy every single day, uh, and then if I did divine mercy, I felt the feeling of peace. Then I'll keep forcing myself to do divine mercy every single day because I wanted to, um, you know, keep uh, grabbing that good feeling. And, and so, you know, just like stuff like that. So like throughout high school, um, exactly. I was just trying to, uh, like all the thing a lot of people saw me as very developed because I was doing a lot of external things that are very Catholic, but it was really just because like I was doing things that I thought like, uh, if, I, if I did it on my end, then God is, and I was like, oh, look at Jeremy, he's doing so many wonderful things. And was, like, <laughs> that type of thing. So that was very much what, like high school. Um, but, uh, but then it, it became a little bit unhealthy. And, I think, and this is something I started realizing in university because uh, number one, I became very unhealthily scrupulous, meaning that I was looking at every single small aspect of my life and trying to figure out like, you know, is this like, is this going to trigger good feelings in me or not? Or like, you know, is this going to like make me like further away from my good feelings or, you know, you know, so, you know stuff like that. Uh, that was the first problem. But the more bigger problem was that um, I was, I was, I was very much, my mentality was very much fixed on like, you know, uh, worshiping the god of feelings instead of worshiping the oh no sorry I, I was very addicted to like the feelings of god that god gives instead of like being focused on the god of feelings so um uh yeah yeah, yeah. so then um i i began I, I began to realize i didn't have to be so scrupulous and um i think that what really kicked it off was one day um one of uh, my, uh, my spiritual formators especially at the seminary they uh they said that um you know God's the initiator of the encounter in this relationship, and you can't do anything on your end to make God do something for you. Like the most you can ever do is like you know make yourself available for God, and whether or not God chooses to talk to you or send you good feelings or send you a cross, it's fully up to Him. Like God's not a light switch you can flick on and off. They can't flick on good feelings and then flick them off from God. It's like God's a person. So you know when you sit down with a person, it's not like there's a button you can, you know, it's not like you press God's shoulder and then you get good feelings and you press your stomach and you get terrible feelings. Like you sit in front of God and then like um you just make yourself available. You open your ears, you listen, you're present, and if God feels like talking to you today, great, he'll talk to you today. And if he doesn't feel like talking to you today, then that's great. He's also he he's not talking to you, but it's like it's you're just available. And so like uh I would say like um that that uh, that started uh, that type of uh, that understanding of my relationship with God uh, started um, being more eminent and pre uh, throughout my university years, you would say. And it's definitely very much like uh, where I am right now in seminary, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Do do I give you good feelings when you press? <laughs> 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 you yeah, talk it was, to me. It was a very weird mentality. It was like once you put it into the context of like let's say a marriage relationship, it doesn't really yeah. so you know. Yeah, I feel that especially in the Catholic Church, um a lot of things are taught in a way that makes God kind of like a machine, right? Oh, yeah, like I, I pray ten times a day, God will give me the rewards of prayer ten times a day, right? If yeah, you pray yeah. once more, I'll get more rewards. But if you think about it, it's like if if God is a relationship, you know, if God is love, right? Then it doesn't like it totally doesn't make sense that you know if I talk to Jeremy ten times today, I'll get the rewards of talking to Jeremy ten times a day, right? Yeah, like exactly. relationships aren't you aren't like you know like machinery. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, so I guess oh, interesting. So I guess it was. God using the, I mean, this has happened to a lot of saints, but I guess it was God using the peace and the emotional highs of prayer, of going to church. And that's led you to 
I guess, like greater maturity in the faith then. Yeah, in a sense, it's almost like um, you had to, you had to, God has attract you with the candy first before he got you to give you the real food. Okay, so Jeremy, you've probably heard of the phrase, see the hand of God at work in your life. So are there any like parts in your life where initially you thought it was like the worst thing to ever happen, like God wasn't listening to your prayers, but now that you look back on it, you really see that God has done this for your own benefit? Oh, geez. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say that like on the very big things in life and also the very small things in life. And the very funny thing is you almost never realize these until like retrospectively when you like, spend time at the end of the day with God to look over your day type of thing. Um, big things in life, for sure, uh, the vocational calling to be in seminary right now. And that um, before seminary, I was uh, studying biochemistry. I was applying for med school. Um, you know, I was seeing a special someone. So like it is uh, like, you know, priesthood was very far from my mind. And, um, and uh, it, it just wasn't something that crossed my mind um, throughout those like four years of undergrad. And, but, that, but then like, um, I guess throughout undergrad, there was a lot of like things that God that happened and which I was really frustrated about at that, at that time, but which really helped me like, let's say discern that this is where God eventually wants me. So like, um, for instance, um, I got a chance to work at SickKids during my third year at um, university at the SickKids Hospital. So um, originally, originally I wanted to be a pediatrician because I love science and I love young kids and youth. And so like, you know, pediatrician would have been like match made in heaven. But like um, when I was at SickKids, like every single day when I went into like the hospital, I couldn't find any peace with myself. Like I was trying forcing myself every single day to enjoy doing the work I was doing. I just wasn't there. And like, I was so frustrated. Like I was just, I was like, I was even offered like an extension as sick kids um, for like work, uh, working there. And I, I turned it down, but I just couldn't find any peace. And you know, I was a little bit pissed at God for that. And then, um, and then uh, other things were like a uh, university. I got a chance to be really entrenched in youth groups. I got a chance to do a lot of homeless ministry. I got a chance to lead a lot of like, uh, uh, I'd like lead some like retreats. And then I found like, you know, and, and, and the moments of putting those together, they're like frustrating moments and everything. And sometimes I'm wondering like, you know, why am I giving so much time to these things? Why should I be focused on like my studies? But then I found that this is where I found like life and peace and everything. So like, you know, it was only in like retrospect that these, uh, that I realized that God was trying to tell, speak to me and say like, you know, this is where you find meaning. This is where, where in life that you will find meaning. Um, and then there's also like, um, like life skills. Uh, I, I've noticed that like, uh, I'll, like I'm right now going for like you know priesthood right and so they have to do a lot of oral speaking and everything but when I was a kid I was terrible at it um, I was still not exactly the greatest at it but then um, I got a chance to teach Sunday school and I got a chance to do youth group talks on throughout university and and also um uh high school and I now and now like in retrospect I see that as you know God like prepping me I've also didn't have too much uh chance to like you know develop life skills on my own but uh but then uh, God kept answering all of them like first year uh First, by living universe, uh, at like uh, university, I got a chance to um, learn how to manage my finances and stuff like that. And then now that I'm actually, and then like uh, one thing I never got a chance to do, but I know um, one thing I never got a chance to do, but I knew I would need to do is learn to cook for myself eventually, right? Whether God, God calls me never learn to cook. So I've offered that prayer. I recall, I distinctly recall a praying for that um, throughout university that gave me a chance to learn how to cook. And lo and behold, um, he suddenly uh, stuffed me right now and like an apostle where I'm basically cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that type of thing for like a few so, so, you know, God, like, like he provide all the major life skills I need. And just like very small day to day graces, like um, uh, at seminary, they always encourage us at the end of the day to do the examine, which is just basically having a glass of wine with God at the end of the day and looking back at your day to see where he was at and like, you know, what he was doing for you. And so um, 
I, I, I just see God like present in my day-to-day stuff, whether it be like going to the gym or doing like some personal reading or doing some research for like, um, I guess like some type of reflection that I have to give. And like everything, and in everything that I, uh, that I end, uh, end up doing, like uh, I end up noticing that, you know, in a big picture, these are things that end up helping me. The gym has helped me develop my discipline. Like I'm having been forced like to go through the assignments of the seminary, like it gives you, you end up like learning a lot about yourself and you also, um, because of the type of material that you end up reading. So, you know, stuff like that. Wow. Wait, do you, wait, did you cook before entering seminary? So not really. Like, um, so, um, <laughs> uh, back when I was an undergrad, uh, I first lived on residence. So food was always provided. Right. And then the second, and then when I moved out and lived with my sisters, my oldest, like we very quickly found out that my older sister, uh, she has all the cooking talent and uh, between the siblings. So she basically did all the cooking. And so I, I went to a seminary without knowing how to cook for myself. But at the seminary, um, they always like shove you into rectories in the summer and also shove you into rectories, um, during like apostolic placements throughout the year. And so, and like sometimes they, they shove you in apostolates where you're feeding people. And so you actually end up having to force yourself to learn how to cook because A, you would starve and B, the people you're serving would starve and you didn't. So, you know, yeah. God answers your prayers. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I think, yeah, like for the longest time I wanted to learn how to cook, but like throughout undergrad, I never really had the opportunity to until I like started moving out. Uh, like I moved to Waterloo for a summer to do research mm-hmm. and then like now that I started grad, uh, like I moved into an apartment downtown and then like now I'm starting to cook because you know it's like much cheaper and it's actually not that hard either like once you get started right oh yeah it's not the hardest part is like you know taking the the first step I think and then after a while you start to get the hang of it oh yeah yeah and I think yeah one thing I really like about being like a young like firstly like a young adult and then also as a young catholic is how um a lot of the stuff isn't that bad once you start doing it like i think that um even in the faith right like i sometimes i feel that i'm kind of treated like a baby almost mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but once you start getting the hang of it and like once you know you, like even with the faith right like once it becomes something that it's no longer just your parents or your grandparents or your family's faith it becomes something that belongs to you then you see a lot of really amazing things happening, right? Like, it's almost like um, you have a relationship with someone and uh, if it's just, like, you know, something that you do for your, the sake of your parents, you know, to satisfy your parents or to satisfy your family, it's, it's something very different from, you know, just something that you want to do. Yeah, and, yeah, I guess, like, you know, in a different way, I've seen, like, the work of the hand of God in my life so clearly now that I look back on it. So when I first joined UTCDC, it was for not so good reasons. Um, So UTCDC is University of Toronto, right? I was in the University of Toronto, Chinese Catholic community. So, I mean, I was Chinese and Catholic. So if I wanted to find a Chinese Catholic girl, Uh, University of Toronto, I thought... Of course, you're not the only one. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but I think that... um, like especially the first year that I joined UTCCC, it was all guys, uh, all engineering students. Uh, but I think that through that experience, through getting to know other guys who are serious about their Catholic faith, and they weren't just like Catholic robots, right? Like they're actually real living people. Um, 
and you know other men as well right other faithful catholic men that i i learned what it meant to be to mature as a catholic man myself and i think that it was through that experience um through being single right but still learning um what it meant to be a catholic leader what it meant to be a faithful catholic man that it kind of prepared me i think um for uh for being for like maturity in a way that i think uh that if god you know just placed you know like you know the, the the girl that i was meant to be with you know right at the beginning and i really saw that you know these things that i hadn't really anticipated in the beginning it turned out to be the best in the end oh hmm. well, that's good yeah and there's like so many awesome things like even like yeah if you look at how i approach the faith right like how i wasn't able to trust the church um because i'd seen too much of the emotional side and not much of the intellectual side so god he let me approach the faith intellectually first and then afterwards he brought me into a community where i was able to you know like see that my faith wasn't just about me and god but also mm -hmm. about other people and how um when i first joined utccc uh the year after uh all the execs had left basically they all graduated and it was just me <laughs> i was like it was very obvious like who's gonna have to take care of the new community uh and like i had absolutely no experience so a lot of these things it was just coming off you know like from what i thought people wanted but a lot of times it was really just what i wanted and wanted other people to want as well yep. so i think it was really providential that god brought you jeremy into the community as well to kind of show me uh that you know these things that i thought were kind of universal to every person was maybe not you know the way that everyone would approach the faith <laughs> yeah yeah so i think that all these things they really helped and especially um you know how you're mentioning having like a relationship with god just seeing that uh our faith isn't just uh like you know i push a button i pray a prayer and then god gives me something just mm -hmm. seeing how uh like within the utccc how these relationships aren't trans like something is like a transaction right it's something more human it's less well defined and that's really helped me to understand how we as humans are supposed to relate with god thank you for listening to this episode of the holy catholic brew with me linden and me, Jeremy. Please check out the show notes at the Fountain of Love and Life website and join us next week when we talk about the church of fakes and cliches. So I'll be discussing why is Catholicism so repugnant to some people? Are they hating the cliches or the real thing? And what is authentic Catholicism? Lend me your hand and we'll conquer them all But lend me your heart and I'll just let you fall Lend me your eyes, I can change what you see But your soul you must keep totally free Come, come.